song early. Yeah, past that thing. Wow. You know, welcome. I want to thank all of you here. Thank you for making the effort to be here today. Um, I'm not going to retire. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, for all of you, uh, we, we have, you have a connection card in front of you in the pews. And so I invite all of you to fill out a connection card to whatever degree you like. On the back, there's an opportunity to check things or, or bring things to our attention. Any way we could be of service to you. As you're doing that, I'm going to just mention a few announcements. Uh, the first one I want to mention is that Pastor Steve, uh, our new pastor, uh, co-pastor with Pastor Corey, he's coming up from San Diego, and he's going to move up here on Tuesday. And then he's going to move into his house that he, uh, that he has now in Covina on Friday. So if you can help in either one of those days, or maybe even both, talk to Pastor Corey. Okay, talk to Pastor Corey if you can help in those, on those days. Thank you. Another thing I just want to mention, um, and this is a, a very sad thing to all of us, is that uh, we already uh, announced the, the home going of Chris Kakimi. And the, the memorial service for Chris will be on December 9th. That's the second Saturday here in the church. So uh, I, I believe we set a time of about, uh, I think it was 10.30. So 10.30 Saturday, uh, December 9th. And we'll remind you as we get closer to that date. But that's a memorial service for Chris Kakimi. So keep the Kakimi family in your prayers, especially Diane, Susan, Melissa. Uh, last thing I just want to mention is that uh, there is a Christian singer. Some of you may know the name. Her name is Junko. And uh, she uh, resides in Orange County, but she, she uh, uh, is going to be giving a concert here, or let's say a performance here, on um, December 10th, and it's going to be after church. So I think we're going to incorporate her a little bit in our service on, the, on December 10th, but uh, uh, she, at 12.30 after service, she'll give a, a full performance here in the church. Okay, so let's keep that in mind. It's a fun thing. Junko's a real upbeat uh, a neat singer. Lord's really used her over the years. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles, if you have your Bible, uh, to Psalm 40, verse 2, but it's going to be up here on the screen. And this is a verse that I just picked, and it's something that kind of speaks to how my heart is when I think of the big picture of the Lord and myself. And it's, um, it's not something, I'm not even going to teach out this verse today, but I wanted to start off uh, this, my final message here at West Covina, uh, with this verse. This is Psalm chapter 40, verse 2. It says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you and we just are, our hearts are so thankful, Father, for who you are in our lives, uh, all that you've given us. Uh, when we think of your Son and the salvation we have through him, we have the communion we have through the Holy Spirit and the leading we receive from you. We thank you, Lord, for all those things. We thank you for our lives in Christ. And we thank you for those who have yet to come to that decision of putting their faith in Christ. Thank you for them. And we pray you continue working in their lives, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, I should, I prayed that prayer because I want to do a little bit of reminiscing. I figured, hey, my last sermon, I can do whatever I want, right? I could tap dance up here. I can do whatever you, whatever I feel like doing. But, you know, I think about it, my goodness, you know, 20 years here? You know, it feels more like 40. <laughs> In Psalm 90, chap, Psalm 90, verse 12, it reads, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, I, we've heard that verse through, your, through our Christian lives, if you've been in the church a while. And you kind of say, well, what's so important about numbering our days? It all goes back to the very basic understanding, or let's say the basic relationship you have with God. It's you and God. It's, it's what the Lord has, has saved you for. It's for that, that new life. It's for that life that the Bible refers to as abundant. It's basically this verse deals with that there is work to do. There is more that God has for you than you've experienced thus far, much more. And so there's an importance in us keeping, numbering our days and keeping account of, of how our life is going forward. Because we're, we, have no, we just have a set amount of time on this earth. It's just that simple. And there's much to do in the Lord. When you look at John 10, 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. You know, when I think of this verse and I think of all the people I've met, be it in this country or outside, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. Whatever you're doing, whether you're raising kids or working in an office or repairing cars or baking cupcakes, it just doesn't matter. The main important thing is that you include God in your purpose for living. That you understand and you truly believe that God is the only one who can give you that real purpose in life and that satisfaction for your time here on earth. You've got to embrace that. So today I want to share with you one way God has, has led me to kind of number my days. Do you know what, what Karens are? I think many of you do. Karens are these man-made markers. And you can, you can see Karens. If you are hiking up Mount Kilimanjaro, you're going to see Karens. If you are probably going up Mount Everest, you're going to see Karens. And basically, Karens are there because people have been there. And basically, those people who have built those Karens, stacked those rocks on top of each other, or however they marked it, they're visually saying to anyone who comes across that Karen, I have been here, me, this time when I came to this place, this was a significant thing to me. It's kind of the same spirit we read in 1 Samuel chapter 7 in the spirit of Ebenezer. It says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. See, this marked, this marked when God gave victory to Israel. This marked, when it, uh, uh, this marked a, 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 a celebration, a day of encouragement, a day of reminder. And this morning, I want to talk about just two Karens that stand tall in my life, and they, they go way back. The first one is, that first Karen is, is 
just talks about the power to save. And I needed, at that time in my life, to really experience this. Let me go back what happened. You know, I'm just kind of, I'm really a simple guy. I keep telling you guys that. I am a very simple guy in my belief. I, I know that, that even my faith comes from God. So sometimes I think to myself, well, what in the world do I have to offer God? My very faith comes from him. Um, yet God made it clear to my wife and I that we were supposed to go into the ministry, that we were supposed to leave the United States, that we were supposed to sell our stuff and go over to, 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 to Brazil and, and plant churches in the Amazon. He just made that so crystal clear to us. And when we got there, uh, it was struggle. I remember Amy struggled with mosquito bites. She had this allergic reaction, and they almost sent us back to the States. And I struggled with the language. I have a hard enough time with English, let alone Portuguese. And I just struggled with that, and it was, it was, it was such a growing time. But in our very first church, we were assigned to leave the, the Amazon and to go to the coast of Brazil. And they, they stationed us on this island um, where, um, where we were to plant a church. And the mother church, the church that, that we worked under, um, what they did is they, they, they built a building for us. And basically it wasn't for us. They just said, told the mission, mission, send over a couple of missionaries. And we want them to fill this building. And so here's this building that they, they wanted us to fill. And here we're equipped uh, with a vocabulary as, as probably extensive as a preschooler. And uh, uh, culture-wise, I, I really didn't f understand the culture that well at all when I think back. And so there are many times in this stage that I wondered, what in the world am I doing here? I, I really felt like, gosh, Lord, why in the world, what do you bring me here for? You know, and I remember one evening, I mean, I'm given a devotional. We had, we had Bible nights, prayer nights. And this one evening in this, in this little church, church, the lights were really dim and it was dark. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling through this devotional in Portuguese. And in from the back door stagger these two guys, these two adults, and they, they plop down in the back pew. And I've shared this story with, with many of you here in the church before. And, and they could hardly stand. They were so drunk, out of their minds, plastered. And, and so after I finished my devotional, I walked back there, and, and I started to talk to them. And they're just kind of wobbling around and just kind of woozing like this. I said, oh, well, in, a, in season and out of season, right? We're supposed to, to share the hope that is within us. And so I share with them about the need for Jesus Christ. I share with them about being a sinner. I share with them about the forgiveness in Jesus Christ and the need to, to put their faith in him, to have a new life with God. And so they're just kind of nodding their head. They're not saying anything. So I say, hey, you guys, want, you want to pray with me to invite Christ into your life? And they're still nodding their head like this. I say, okay, let's do it, you know. So I start praying, and I just ask them to repeat. And so they're repeating, and they're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, okay. I say, okay, amen. All right. Tomorrow morning, I want you to come back here and meet me at church, okay? Be here tomorrow morning. And then when you're sober, we can talk about stuff. Okay, so they stagger out, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm never going to see these guys again. Never. And I get back the next morning, and there on the doorstep is one of the guys. In Portuguese, his name is João. That means John. 
And he was there, and he was sober, and, and I found out that this guy's been living on the streets since age nine, and he was 42. He, he came into the church because he cooks all his meals on an open fire in the empty lot next to the church. And um, it was just amazing he was there. But the amazing thing is that he's known throughout the town as the town drunk. He was the town drunk and the town's handyman, so everyone knew him. But from that day forward, from, the from that evening when he prayed to accept Christ, he stopped drinking. From that day forward, every Sunday morning, he was in service in church with his whole hair combed and face washed and ready to worship God. From that day forward, every time he came into the church, the mothers would allow him to hold their babies because he loved babies so much. And so they allowed him to hold their baby as, a, as we worshiped the Lord together. That was amazing to me. See, God knew that I needed to see his power in, 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 in making a new creation. That I in this foreign land. That, that, that the Holy Spirit can and does radically change lives. I need to be reminded of that through all the junk I was going through from language school to visas and everything. I had to be reminded of that. That that's what it's all about. John is on the path of heaven because God timed it for him to meet Jesus that night. That's amazing to me that I was a part of that. And that affirmed me that yes, it is through God's choosing that you are a pastor even in this foreign land. And that is a part of me to this day. It is a foundational piece in my life. And it will never be moved. See, we all need Karens. We all need these, these life markers that, 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 that make us stronger inside, that encourage us when we think about them, that are actually part of you when you think about your life with Jesus Christ. And once in a while, you've got to be reminded of that. You've got to see that marker, and you've got to be reminded, yeah, I was there, and I remember what God did. That's important. I believe that God, the, the pattern that God set up for Israel, hey, a lot of it is very valid for us today. Well, let's go on. Let's look at Karen number two. And that has to do with the faith to risk. When we read in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus said, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You know, why did Jesus say this? You know, you really just kind of put, put yourself in that situation and listening to the Lord's words. You know, he was exhorting them. He was challenging them. He was just kind of egging his disciples on to risk. Because a lot of the things that they had to do, they had, you know, they're, they're, they need God to step in. They need God to intervene. 
And they just had a risk in going forward in their prayers, risk in going forward in how they're going to minister to the world that they lived in. You know, when Amy and I arrived to the San Gabriel Valley Japanese Christian Church in Baldwin Park, which is basically this church when we were over there in Baldwin Park, just about three miles up the road here, that was a real risk. <laughs> in some ways, when I got there, there are so many things that are going on and so many things that were happening that there were times I said, Lord, do I still have that? I still got a, I got a green card for Brazil. I could go back. You know, the, but the church was really neat. I, I, it was really a, a neat church, and the congregation was very special because it, it, was, it, was it was really the kind of the, the core of, of believers. It was the heart of the believers, the ones who, who stayed there. That church maybe had six classrooms. That church had one bathroom for the guys. That church had a kitchen that was only big enough for one stove. That, that church had a playground area big enough for two cocker spaniels. <laughs> and parking? I remember parking one Sunday. A woman came up to me, um, a woman in her, let's say, 60s, I believe, and she um, came up to me after service and said, Pastor, this is my third time trying to be here. The first two times, I couldn't find parking. And, you know, that was a blessing in a lot of ways because that was one of the motivations for us to, to seek, and we found this place. But anyway, the church was growing. But on Sunday, we only had a little over maybe about 100 people on a Sunday, but in actual members of people were actual members of the church and had voting power and, uh, and the ones who, who made decisions for, the, for what the future of the church would be. I think there were only 63. Does that number ring a bell to you guys who were there? 63? Rodney, 63? You counted heads back then, right? About 63, 64, something like that. Official members. Did we have a mortgage at that time? Nah. Way paid off a long time ago, no mortgage. The only thing that that congregation had to support was to make sure that one bathroom kept on flushing, um, uh, a part-time office help, and, and, uh, and me. That's all the expense. And so when it came for the members, for you who were, who were there, when it came for you to consider this property, which had a... a, a uh, asking price of $2 million, back 20 years ago, I mean, that took my breath away. But you guys were nuts. <laughs> you guys voted 100% to go forward. I, I, was just, I just sat there and just looked, and I saw the hands go up. I said, okay, yeah, this is exciting. You know, and that, that took faith. You know, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, the author wrote, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is amazing what you guys did. It was like a $2 million mountain we had to move. And when we voted, you voted yes and I won't name you, but boy, some of you were just on that bandwagon and you were just hooping it up. Let's go forward. 
but I'm going to name two people because I just cannot go forward without naming them. One of them is Paul Saito. Paul, are you here? Are you at Kaiser? <laughs> there you are. You're here, okay. And, and Dr. Ben. Where's Dr. Ben? And here's Dr. Ben. You guys stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Thank you. These two guys met with me week after week after week, and we prayed. And we said, Lord, show us a new place. Show us a new church property. And then when that came through, my gosh, they said, this is it. And, and Paul has a real estate background, and Paul just helped us move forward in all the real estate uh, negotiations and things, and it was just amazing. But there are so many other of you the, uh, who are there, and you just said, yeah, and I'm thinking, this small little number of people, and we got a, a $2 million mortgage, and this, this church was a real fixer-upper. We had a lot of work to do here, and I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. This is exciting. This is faith. I know I will never forget what God did through you. You know, after today, I'll be spending more time in, with work in the conference that this church is in. This church is in a conference where there are about 15 other churches, California, Hawaii, Arizona. And some of those churches are very healthy and they're growing, but some of those churches are not. Some of those churches are struggling. Some of those churches are facing some of the same roadblocks that we faced when we were in Baldwin Park. For them, I have a story of challenge. Can I go to the other mic? I'm going to go to the other mic. Because of you, I have this story of challenge and faith that I can share and challenge them with because I was there to witness how God worked through you. And that is one of the cairns in my life, to see how a congregation can step forward with such boldness and so, so fixed on the Lord that they went from this tiny little fenced-in area in Baldwin Park to this property here, and we just started to move forward. It's amazing. Wonderful. You know, I'd like to change gears now, because now I want to change and talk about reasons I'm thankful. And I am very thankful uh, for being here 20 years. I'm thankful for, for you. I'm thankful. I, I just have a, just a real heart of thanksgiving for you people. I'd like to read out of Philippians chapter 1, 3 through 6, very familiar verses. This is Paul writing to the church in Philippi and realized this church was very close to Paul. In verses 3 through 6, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, 
that he who began a work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, I look at verse 3, and Paul wrote, I thank my God every time I remember you. You know, this whole idea of retirement, the sad part is saying goodbye to you guys, is leaving you guys. That's the sad part. I can take a, I can do with a ministry break, to be honest. But the sad part is saying goodbye to you. See, leaving you is tough because many of you are closer to me than, 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 than many of my relatives. You know, we've laughed together, we've cried together, we've worked side by side together. We, we've done things together that were really memorable and, and for the kingdom's sake. You know, we're, we're really connected. And, and, I, and I feel that there's nothing that connects people faster and has the potential to go deeper than when two people had that common bond of the same Lord and Savior. You know, it's like spiritual super glue. You know, you have that thing in common that the world cannot offer. In verse 4, Paul wrote, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Man, I am really excited for you guys. I'm excited because I know that the, that the Lord has much more for this church. I'm excited because me leaving and retiring is, is just the end of a chapter for you. This is actually your graduation day. This is your graduation day. I'm going, and, and it's, it's a new beginning. Because frankly, frankly, I cannot lead you where God wants to take you. I can maintain this church. I can keep us pretty much where we're at and maintain. But see, that's not what God has for you. That's not what God wants for any of his churches. You know, I'm, I'm more of a church planter, to be honest, than a church grower. Pastor Corey is really, in a lot of ways, more pastoral than me. Anyway, I mean, think about this. He reads books about church growth just for fun. <laughs> hey, that's nuts. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not as pastoral as I am, I would say, janitorial. You know, I, I can take garbage out and, and set up chairs and make sure things are, are clean. And that's, that, that comes second nature to me. Because in church planting, you did everything. Everything. But you've got to realize, I was only in a church before this church. The longest I was in a church was four years. Just kind of run out of ideas. <laughs> so I feel very excited that, that Pastor Corey is moving you, going to move forward with you, and Pastor Steve. I think there's, there's, there's some... I think God has some really neat things awaiting you. And because I know you so well, and because I, I feel I know Pastor Corey and Pastor Steve in regards to 
the pastoral challenges they're going to have. I think I can be very much like Paul. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. I can pray with joy, and I think I can pray with intelligence on how God can bless his pastors as well as, as this flock and the plans that he has for you. In verse 5, Paul went on and wrote, Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Oh my. You know, the believers in Philippi, they were, they were the real backers of Paul on his missionary journeys. And that developed that relationship that Paul had with the church in Philippi, is that they were, they were always there for him. And in many ways, uh, you were there for me. You were always there in such a way that I felt your energy and, and we had the, the, the blessing of your finances for us to go forward in the ministry that we felt very strongly what God had for us here. We never drifted from the mission of telling our community and world that everyone needs Jesus Christ. We never drifted from that. And that, that says a lot about you because you backed that. All the way. Never took me aside and say, oh, I wish you'd do more baseball excursions. Or, you know, you have more bazaars or something. You never did anything like that. We kept on that straight and narrow in dealing with what is the most important thing in the kingdom. And that is people coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus. I appreciate that. I'll never forget that. And I am very thankful for your partnership in that. And lastly, in verse 6, Paul wrote, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, when, when we think about why Paul wrote these words, most likely he was thinking of individuals. But also I think we could say the church too, the different churches um, and this, in this case, uh, the church in Philippi. You know, when the believers in the church stop growing, so will the church stop growing. So a lot of the, let's say, the, the movement or the motion, the movement of the church growing and moving forward and being more of a blessing in the kingdom depends on individuals, you, keep growing spiritually, keep wanting to grow spiritually, to keep wanting to have more of God's word in you and that closeness and fellowship through the Holy Spirit. When you stay hungry and, and desirous of that, the church will naturally grow. Remember the parable? Those who have been in church for a while, the parable of a great banquet. The master says, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. That's a, that's a neat concept, huh? It, it's saying that God wants his house always to be full. We've got a good number of people here today. But man, I still see spaces here. I still see spaces here where a person could be sitting. And we realize that every time a space is not taken, Potentially, that could be a person who's getting closer to God. 
So you want to fill God's house. You want to be mindful of that. You want to see more people filling these spots because each spot taken means a person getting closer to God. You know, as I leave, I hope that you will put your hand to the plow and not look back. That God has much more for you. And God has a different path for me. And so let's, let's make a promise. Together, we will be mindful that God wants us to keep moving forward. And we'll do our best to do so. God bless us that way. Let's pray. Oh, there are many ways that when we start this path called the Christian life, we have no idea where it's going. And yet, Father, it is a, it is a great adventure. It is truly an abundant life when we do try to live that life for you. So, Father, as, as I leave this pulpit, I am... Just thanking you for each person here. I'm thanking you for this church. I'm thanking you for the way you have led and guided us thus far. I thank you for the staff that is such a great staff to work with here. I thank you for the lay leadership of people who have stepped up in ways that I never would have imagined and, and been so supportive of what we're doing. I thank you, Father, for the pastors of Pastor Corey and Pastor Steve who are going to move forward in your will. I thank you for their wives, Esther and Chelsea. And I know that they are just blessing, Father, to this congregation. So, Father, I just ask your blessing upon this church and all that they do. And may they continue to be that light in the darkness. In Jesus' name.